Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chairs. Swayman to the corner, but there is dry sidle for the Oilers. Back to the blue line. CeCe across the nurse. He'll shoot. Scores! Nurse let it go. It looked like it was redirected. Darnell Nurse delivers the game winner with 4.49 left in the third period. And the Edmonton Oilers get a 3-2 win on the road against the Boston Bruins. Seattle, Washington, and now the Oilers, the only teams all season long to win in regulation time in Boston. Also, the Oilers, the only team all season long to beat the Bruins when they've led after two periods to beat them in regulation time coming into tonight boston 35 0 and 2 when leading after two it's now 35 1 and 2 so the oilers are 36 22 and 8 on the season evan bouchard and ryan mcleod also scored the bruins record still Looks like it might be a typo, 49-9-5, and five, as the Oilers fight back from a 2-0 first-period deficit to get this victory. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 824, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. My, oh, my, Rob, we talked after the second period that the Oilers had to stay patient. They've, mm-hmm. they'd, they'd had a couple of bad things happen. They were down a goal going to the third. They're playing the number one team in the league. Uh... Not not just a game like this, not just a test of your skill, a test of your teamwork, of of your commitment, and of your your patience. And the Oilers did just enough to get the win. Well, well they did. And I I don't see anything different than what they've been doing for the last two and a half months. Uh, The Oilers are a good team. Uh, They've proven it. They've got the ability in low-scoring games to find that goal when they need it. Uh, They've been getting... Uh, you know, help up and down the lineup. Their fourth line again with another huge goal. Uh, the Oilers are a good hockey club. And I, I think that what we've seen over the past that they don't get down on themselves if they fall behind. At the end of the first period, it was down. they're down 2 nothing. a costly mistake by Stuart Skinner. But it doesn't affect these players anymore. And they just come out and they're, they had two things they had to do. They had to get the next goal and Stuart Skinner had to make the next big save. And both those things happened. The Oilers got a break. Uh, Boston Bruin blew, his, blew a wheel. Uh, the Oilers get a 4-1, they capitalize. And then in the third period, again, don't, don't force anything. Don't take a chance and give an odd man rush going the other way. They didn't do that. And eventually, it was the Oilers, excuse me, it was the Bruins that made the mistake. Patrice Bergeron has a bit of a misplay, gets the puck, Derek Ryan gets in on the forecheck, and all of a sudden the Edmonton Oilers fourth line created something. So I don't think this is anything that should surprise Oilers fans anymore. 
I think this is who this team is. They are capable of beating any team in the league. They've got enough skill. They're getting good defensive effort from, from up and down their lineup, and they're getting good goaltending. So to me, this is just another step in, in the right direction. The Oilers are one of the better teams in the National Hockey League, and tonight showed it again. Skinner stops 26 out of 28 to get the win. His record on the season is now 19-13-4. and four, uh, four. He was in, involved in, well, I called it a disaster at the end of the first period, and it was a disastrous way to end the period because you got the puck in your own end with nine seconds left, and you give up a goal with .3 on the clock. Uh, take us through that play. It started with Skinner trying to fire the puck up the uh, left-hand wall. Well, yeah, the puck comes in behind the net, and Skinner, the right play, got out and made sure that he had control of it, and then he started looking one way or another. He, in all honesty, he could have just held on to it for the rest of the period. The Boston Bruins went back, and they were going to force him to move the puck. And Creechy, again, the puck came... Skinner tried going up the boards, but he didn't get it high enough. He didn't go off the glass. And Krejci, uh, a very good hockey player, that's good, good eye-hand coordination, knocks the puck down. And at that point, the Oilers probably were a little loose because they knew that time was running down. They thought everything was under control, and they didn't get the coverage that they wanted. And David Pasternak, the best goal scorer for the Boston Bruins, was left wide open, and Krejci put it on a platter to him. And he just fired the puck. It was a nice play by Boston. But again, one that didn't really phase the Edmonton Oilers. And that's a good, a good sign. So Skinner made two mistakes in this hockey game. The Boston Bruins capitalized on both those mistakes. But when you're stopping everything else, mistakes happen. All goalies make mistakes. There's very rarely shutouts in the National Hockey League. So that means pucks are beating goalies. So if a goalie makes mistakes, as long as you're stopping the ones you're supposed to stop, you're going to be all right. And what we've seen lately with, with Campbell, he's getting beat by good goals, but every once in a while there's a bad one that goes in. So that's where all of a sudden you, 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 you made the mistake, and then all of a sudden a bad one got by you. Now the numbers, the goals start to add up. But Stuart Skinner, another quality start, and the Edmonton Oilers, oh, another good hockey game. Well, and, and I think you said it, Rob, don't let it phase you. And... and but mistakes happen. I mean, you'd like to avoid the, the grade A mistakes <laughs> that, that result directly in goals, but how often do they happen and, and how do you deal with them? And if, if the Oilers want to go on a, on a long playoff run, even longer than what they did last year, bad things are going to happen. And, and you can't let one or two cripple a game or cripple a series when you get there. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I know we're going to get calls tonight that that shouldn't happen late in the period. you got to manage the clock better, all that kind of stuff. We can have that discussion for sure. But once it happens, don't don't say goodnight to the game with 40 minutes left because of one big error. Yeah, but the thing is, you can say it, it shouldn't happen, but it does. And it happens to both teams. I mean, the, the Boston Bruins' best player, Patrice Bergeron, gave the puck away twice in the third period on the same play, and the other scored. Mistakes happen, and... Uh, sometimes they happen and it ends up in the back of your net. So uh, you, a lot of times you'll have fans or media calling out players for making big mistakes and expect it for perfection. There is no perfection in a hockey game. There's not. And you just try, as Craig McTavish used to say, just make fewer mistakes than the other team. And if you make mistakes, well, have more positive plays than you do negative plays. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Oilers nowadays. They're, they're still making the grade-A scoring mistakes, but there's few of them, fewer of them. And their players are making more positive plays. So it's, this was a, a good hockey game. Just like the last, last game on home ice against the Boston Bruins, when it was a 3-2 victory for Boston, that was a good hockey game. 
So this is two great games between two very good teams in the span of 10 days, and both teams were able to week out or eke out a victory. So as an Oilers fan, you're pretty excited about what you saw today, and hopefully this will just continue going on because the one thing that we've seen, if you want home ice in the playoffs in the first round, you're going to have to win the majority of your games coming home. Vegas went into Tampa and won. L.A. right now is playing in Colorado. They're winning. The teams ahead of the Edmonton Oilers seem to be winning every night as well, so the Oilers got to continue this and just can't rest on, we beat the best team, we can take the next night off. Oilers win it 3-2 in Boston. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Good game that you had last time versus Boston. You were kind of curious to see what tonight would be like and what did you think of the way your team battled. Yeah, you know what? I really liked how we came out of the gate tonight. I thought we controlled, uh, you know, the first few minutes of the game. We were able to roll line after line and come at that team in waves. Um, you know, they scored uh, that first goal. Um, you know, we thought on the bench it looked like there was, you know, a, a lot of players on the ice, but sometimes you don't get those calls that didn't go our way tonight on that. Uh, we found ourselves down one nothing. We're aware of what their record is when they score first or when they lead after the first period but you know we felt that we were doing a lot of really good things out there we just needed to find that first goal uh, to cut it in half and then um, you know our guys got it done in the third period I thought our forecheck was really good in the third period and uh, we found a way against a really good team you can see why they're the class of the NHL right now Jay how about the mental straight that your goaltender showed tonight after that first period sticking with it and ultimately delivering the win yeah um, you nailed it. Mental strength. Um, obviously, I think, uh, you know, he'd probably want to have him back. Um, he'd be the first guy to say it. Um, but I like the way he, he stood in there. Um, you know, I don't think we gave up a ton tonight. Neither team. There wasn't a lot of space out there. Felt like a playoff game. Um, but you got to fight for your ice out there, including goaltenders have to fight for their ice. And I thought, you know, he made a couple big saves down the stretch and gave us a chance to win the game. And in the end, we stuck with it a little bit harder and a little bit longer and uh, found the two points. What was the messaging in that first intermission? Uh, just that we had done a lot of really good things um, that, um, you know, we were looking for one goal. And uh, that was the message in between uh, the first and second. Between the second and third, um, everybody felt good about our position. And there was just one technical tweak we made uh, uh, to try and get our forecheck uh, going. And, uh, you know, it led to two goals in the third period. So it was good on our players for going out and, and pushing and executing and finding those two goals. The manner in which you guys won against the team that you guys won against, does that make it all the more satisfying? Make yeah. It more you, satisfying you know, it, Sure, but in the end, it's two points, and that was the goal heading into today was to take care of our business today. It's two points on the board. Um, they're the class of the NHL. You can see why. Um, but we felt we played a really good game against them in Edmonton, and we didn't come away with any points. So we weren't in the moral victory business. We're trying in the in the points collection business and in the end we found a way to get what we needed tonight um again that's a credit to our players 
say that you guys got this win without your top dogs producing offensively? Like, is that well, helpful? I use the word playoffs, right? Like, it felt like a playoff game. In playoff games, sometimes there's a saw-off between the best players on both teams, and other people have to find ways to, to contribute. You know, I think if you look up and down our roster, we have numerous people that can uh, find the back of the net, and that's what you need um, as you come down the stretch here. We're going to have quite a few people at double-digit goals. Um, we think we're a deep team. Uh, we have a bunch of people in that room that care about each other, that know how to navigate through um, you know, some sticky circumstances, which we found ourselves down 2 nothing against the top team in the league after the first period, but we stuck with it, and as I said, we did it harder and longer, and we were rewarded with the two points tonight. It looked like you came off in pain there. What happened? And what's oh, that? Uh, you know what? I didn't even see it. My mind was on the play, but he felt good enough to finish the game, so I felt good about that. You found a way to forge a comeback, but often this team, when you're trying to come back from down two, you open it up. Like, yeah. you're trying to come back, and you're giving, you're bleeding chances, yeah. but you weren't tonight. Yeah. How's that work? I thought it's a sign of maturity. You know, what I really liked, you guys aren't privy to, but I, I really like the talk on our bench tonight. Our players were saying all the right things, um, and I think that's a really good sign for our team. And not only were they saying it, they were going out and living it. Um, and it, the message was just stick with it here, stick with it, keep putting pucks in places where we can get it back. And, um, you know, I thought there were times in the first two periods where we maybe passed up shooting opportunities. In the third period, I thought it was our best effort with, with getting pucks on net and trying to force them to defend. Zach not scoring. What other ways is he producing? Uh, well, Zach is a um, Swiss Army knife type of player. Uh, he's good on the wall. He's, uh, he's a foxhole and trenches type player uh you know someone who takes pride in the little details in his game um he goes to hard places he does work for other people um he's integral to everything we have going on right now here uh with our team in edmonton do you feel a sense of growth with evan bouchard and the added responsibilities he's had over the course of the last week yeah i, I see uh see somebody uh who recognized an opportunity and he's making the most of it um you know he made a a lot of really good plays. I think he has a chemistry with Ekholm. I think Ekholm has a, a good effect on on Bush. And in the end, um, it's him that's going out there and playing the way he is. So good on him because he's taking taking advantage of that opportunity. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers get a 3-2 win over the Boston Bruins. Darnell Nurse had the game winner. He's the first star tonight. Ryan McLeod tied the game. He's the second star. David Posternak, the Bruins sharpshooter. He got his 45th of the season. He's the third star. Rob Brown will select our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, all he does is set up big goals. Uh, Devin Shore, uh, a wonderful play setting up Ryan McLeod for a big goal in the third period. Devin Shar is my fourth star of the game. Has an assist in three straight games. You can't ask for much more off a guy that plays on your fourth line and plays under 10 minutes each night. Uh, he's plus three with three assists in his last three games. That helps you win hockey games. Woodcroft mentioned th there not being a lot of room out there, and, and we see how Boston plays, and we've talked about if any team in the league might have an identity going back, you know, 15 years, it's it's probably the Boston Bruins. They they can test almost every shot. There's a stick in almost every lane. Um, I mean, a play by Marchand in the third period. Nugent Hopkins 
all alone in front and you know Marchand was in a position where if he didn't make a check you probably wouldn't have, have, have faulted him but he reaches back got the stick in the way deflected it over and and, and at, you know that at times the Oilers had the puck but they couldn't get it through the neutral zone so you see what makes Boston so tough to play against well it's a team that gives I mean they're starting goalie that's going to win the Vezina is averaging two goals against or less a game uh, so this is a team that doesn't give up a lot. They take pride in their defense. Uh, they're physical, not a physical team that runs around, but they finish all the checks. Uh, you pay for, pay the price for any space that you want in the offensive zone. Uh, you can go around the outside. They'll let you skate around the outside. They get very little going through the middle, and that's why you have to be patient against them. Because if you start forcing things, then all of a sudden there's going to be a puck coming back the other way, and that's where they hurt you. Uh, tonight, the Oilers down to nothing, and they talked about it with the coaches' availability. Uh, they're down to nothing. They didn't open the game up. They said, "Okay, we're just going to have to get our one," and they got a they got a huge break. I mean, the Bruins were all over the Oilers on that shift, and the Oiler defenseman falls down. You get a four on four on one. Well, they took advantage of the four on one. They put the puck in the net, but they stayed patient and waited for their chance. And when the mistake happened for the Boston Bruins, the Oilers jumped on it. So this is a this when the Oilers play sound defensively they can beat any team in the national hockey league because they've got enough scoring they're going to score three goals when the Oilers start trying to trade chances or get into a track meet or start cheating or trying trying to shirk their defensive responsibilities they can lose to any team in the national hockey league because they bleed grade a scoring chances tonight was an excellent game against an excellent team and uh, this Oilers team is proving that uh, they're capable of playing with the best teams in the National Hockey League. Not only play with them, but beat them. 3-2, the Oilers beat Boston. Matthias Ekholm tonight, Rob. we got to mention his stat line. Plus one, played 20 minutes and 51 seconds. Two shots on goal. Six hits and four blocked shots. And just, the I mean, he's obviously a very good player. But I really think this type of game, he will absolutely thrive in. Well, yes, this is this is why they got him. The, the, again, the, the Oilers, the Boston Bruins are an Eastern team that plays more like teams out West. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the East Lake when you look at uh, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils, teams that can score and they pay, play with pace and it's fast. And it actually suits up quite well for the Edmonton Oilers. The Bruins play more of a, a slow game. They don't give you very much. They want to play defensive, and they'll be physical. For the Oilers to get to the finals, to move on to play in the championship, they're going to have to beat teams that are like Boston. They're going to have to beat Dallas, or they have to beat Minnesota, or L.A., or Vegas, teams that play big physical hockey. The Oilers knew that, and they went out and got a six foot four defenseman and a six foot six centerman to play in these kind of games, and Ekholm was excellent in this hockey game. And he, he isn't a guy that runs around and... and just tries to demolish guys but every time there's a chance to finish a check he does and it doesn't look like it's a punishing check but then you start looking okay he's 6'4 he's 220 and when he hits someone you feel it and they go down and uh, Louis DeBrest boy Jake felt it tonight it was a uh, incidental contact contact but they both hit each other and <laughs> Jake DeBrest had to go to the dressing room for a little bit because that's how big and strong Ekholm is. Ekholm was awesome and the one thing that the Oilers have now
And we saw in this game, I, I think Nurse played almost 25 minutes. He played 24-something. Mm. Ekholm plays 21-something. So now you're up to about almost 46 minutes of the night where you have a left-handed defenseman on the ice that you feel 100% comfortable is going to take care of things. And then you can find the minutes in your third pairing to get them easier minutes and easier opposition. That Ekholm trade allowed the Edmonton Oilers for 46 minutes a night to feel completely safe against the other team's best players. And the other new guy, Nick Bukestad, was the subject of set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. The line was set at 52% for his faceoff percentage. He went four for nine. For 44%, David took the under and wins a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. All right, the Oilers rally to beat Boston. Only the third time the Bruins have lost a home game in regulation time this season. 3-2 is your final. Overall, a good performance by Stuart Skinner. You will hear from him coming up on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. At home, up the boards, doesn't get out. Greer will walk in, he'll shoot, save made by Skinner. He holds on, an opportunity for A.J. Greer as he went right to the Oiler net. That is Stuart Skinner's save of the game provided by Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He stops 26 tonight. The Oilers beat the Bruins 3-2. Here's Skinner. So goalies are uh, always supposed to forget about the one that went past. Uh, always, yeah. Always. Yeah. Tonight, was, was it any more difficult tonight than usual? Um... That's a good question. Uh, I don't think it was. I think it was, uh, you know, I mean, I've every single game I've gotten scored on at least once uh, this year. So I think um, having that experience getting scored on in the NHL, I mean, the fans go loud, especially here at the Garden, and um, just being able to reset always like how I how I always do. And um, I thought I did a good job doing that. Uh, and then, you know, they got a second one, kind of the last little bit, kind of, you know, took a little bit of momentum off. But the guys did a great job not letting that affect us. And, uh, you know, huge props to the guys in front of me. This has got to be a career milestone to win a game like this in this building, your first time here. But the way you won it, it wasn't an easy night for you. Yeah, I know. It was uh, it was a grind uh, through the through the whole 60 minutes, um, especially in the third period. I thought, you know, I thought just the whole game in general, we played a playoff game, and I thought they did too. Uh, I mean, props to them. They... They're, they always play us tight. Um, they, they do everything they can to give us nothing, and uh, we were able to sneak a couple through. And um, just like how I said at the beginning, I mean, it's just a huge props to these guys not giving up, you know, being patient and um, scoring when we when we were able to get the chances. I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this, but you talked about mentally resetting. How do you mentally reset after a period like that? Yeah, I think I think it's different for every uh, every goalie and kind of you know their experiences with how they feel when they get scored on. Um, it's honestly different every game because sometimes you know you're frustrated or sometimes you're mad and then sometimes you're just you know feeling you know sad about it and you know there's a lot of feelings that go into it so um, definitely depends on the game. Uh, I think tonight um, I was just focused on you know what it's it's one nothing game. Uh, then we go down two. You know what it's two nothing game. I know we got the team in here to beat this team. Um, you know. 
playing them the first the first time we played against them, you know, there's definitely a feeling that we know how to win. So I just said to myself, I got to lock it down for the next 40, and if I do that, you know, it, it'll at least give the guys a chance to win. Given that you did do that, was this win all the more satisfying for you? You know, given that you guys didn't beat a non-playoff team here, you yeah. beat the best team in the league. In the it was. It, it felt uh, very, very nice. If I'm going to be honest, I was very excited after the game. Um, you know, as the guys were smiling and coming to the net uh, after the win, and. I was doing the same thing back to them. I was pretty excited. So this one, this one feels really good. Possibility for a team kind of building uh, win. And do you think it is? Yeah. Just again, given this is, you know, these are the Boston Bruins. This isn't. Not yeah. left. Do you yeah. think this can really kind of bolt you guys here? Yeah, I mean, they're such a good team. Uh, they're a hard-hitting team. I mean, you you know what Boston's going to bring every single night, especially in their own building. So being able to steal two points is is huge. And you know what, they stole two points in our building too. So um, a little bit of a little bit of revenge there, but I mean. I think we we uh, you know we still have another another gear to gear to take here. One more question about uh, your top guys not getting on the score sheet tonight. Uh, not to harp on them, but the depth scoring really comes through against the league's best team, and how important of a role yeah. they played over this stretch when you guys returned to the game. I, I can't believe they didn't get a point. I mean, <laughs> they should get a point every night, right? But uh, no, um, you know what? Especially for our, our top dogs here, I think they did a unbelievable job defensively. Um, you know, they they've been doing such a good job in, in our end lately, and um, obviously they're still a massive threat offensively so um, seeing how well they're playing in the D zone and I mean I as a goalie I extremely appreciate that I mean Davos blocking shots Leo's taking sticks away I mean Nuge has been fantastic in the D zone um, you know I mean I can say everybody I mean being able to keep Boston at two goals is huge so um, again just huge props to them okay that is Stuart Skinner who comes through tonight with the victory as the Oilers beat the Bruins three Two. So uh, the Oilers now going to Toronto on Saturday. Another big game, another tough opponent. We talked about this stretch of seven games for the Oilers that went Boston, Toronto, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Buffalo, Boston, Toronto. Oilers now four and two uh, after six games of that stretch. So we'll see if they can go uh, five and two when they take on the Leafs on Saturday night. Well, I would imagine you're going to see a, a better Leaf effort. Uh, I, you read a lot of the articles afterwards. You that game and you heard their coach talking about how they were disappointed in the way they played. Uh, you didn't see the star players uh, show up in Edmonton for the Leafs. Uh, Matthews and Marner are much better players than we saw. Uh, so I would imagine they're, you're going to see a much more desperate Toronto Maple Leaf team. But this is an Oilers team that's playing well right now. And they're pushing the pace. And, they're, and what, what you like about this game tonight, not relying on their power play, not relying on their star players. They came into Boston. They had, they were 0 for on the power play. I think it was just 0 for 1. Yep. Connor McDavid was pointless. Uh, Leon had one assist. Nuge nothing. Hyman nothing. And they found a way to win in Boston. So that is a confidence builder. And uh, I would imagine, uh, be shocked if, we don't see Stuart Skinner again in Toronto. So he's had the opportunity to go into the best team in the, the league and win. Now he gets to go into Toronto. So another pretty exciting moment for Stuart Skinner. And McDavid's 11-game point streak comes to an end. He had 27 points. I mean, that's the thing. You don't get a point, and you still have 27 points in your last 12 games. <laughs> just, but uh, McDavid not getting a point is our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Just to get back to that line of uh, of Ryan and Shorn McLeod, mm -hmm. what, like, what are they doing that's making them successful? Simple. 
Just simple hockey. Um, they, all three of them understand what their strengths are. Uh, Devin Shore, when he has the puck in the neutral zone, it's going in deep. Uh, you know, Derek Ryan, is he knows that his strength is being a smart cerebral player, so he reads the play and he gets in quickly on the forecheck, and McLeod's just all about speed. And they, when they have the puck on their stick, it's not a typical fourth line where they're just going to throw it on net and just hope for bounces and go hack and whack. They're capable of making plays. Derek Ryan, when we see the puck on his stick, he knows where to put the puck when he's shooting. Devin Shore, I... I didn't see this side of him before, and maybe he has never been allowed to play this role, but he's he's making smart plays. The first game that he came back, he made a nice little pass to Devin Barry, or to Tyson Barry, and that was after he'd sat for six weeks. And he comes in and makes this little deft move at the blue line uh, and sets up, and you're like, oh, well, that's a pretty confident move for a guy that's been in the press box for a month. And then each game, you're seeing a little bit more, and he's got the confidence. And a big part of it, and we talked about this a lot earlier in the season, is the role players on the others are given more responsibility now. And if they're playing well, well, the coach finds more ice time for them. And they're put in, they're, you see them all of a sudden with three minutes to go. Oh my God, the fourth line is out with three minutes to go. Well, they deserve to be out with three minutes to go. If you want to be a fourth line player and get ice time, you've got to be sound defensively. If you're sound defensively, now the coach is like, well, you know, I feel, I feel fine. We can put them on the ice. They're not going to get scored on. And I think that's the biggest thing right now. They're playing very good defensive hockey that they're being allowed to play in the opposite end. They're being allowed to start on face-offs in the offensive zone. And when they do, they've been rewarding the coaching staff. And it is a – they have an identity. And they believe in themselves. And I guarantee you they sit on the bench and they talk. And they're like, okay, next time we're out there, let's do this. And they're enjoying the moment and being part of this team. It's not the Connor and Leon show now on this team. They're the superstars, absolutely. But this team knows if they want to win, if they want to be a championship team, they need contributions and they need players from all four lines, all seven defensemen they are able to contribute each night. And they're getting that. Hence the record they've had since Christmas. 3-2, the Oilers win in Boston. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. We will welcome Tammy to the show. Tammy, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. So I have two points to make to have some food for thought. So I've noticed throughout the season that when we play teams that are below us in the standings, we don't play as well. We tend to rise up to the teams that are better than us or that we're really competing against. And I think the same is holding true for our bottom six. Like they're playing with superstars on the team and they're elevating their game. And like I heard Bob and Rob talking uh, during one of the intermissions that, you know, guys like Ryan and Bouchard and that are making these pretty passes, right? And and those guys are elevating their game. So I wanted to know what you thought about that. And my second observation is I did some math, and our, in our remaining games, seven of the games that we have left, we are playing three against Vegas, three against L.A., and one against Seattle. Mm-hmm. All the teams that we are fighting for for that division title. Well, and they also play the teams lower down in the division a lot, right? Isn't there still three Sharks games left and two Anaheim? Yeah, Sharks and, and two Arizona, Arizona as well. So yeah, yeah there's a Arizona lot. There's well. a lot of Western games left the rest of the way. But but you're right. They're playing teams within the division that they're jockeying with. So the good old four yeah. point games for sure. Tammy, exactly. I, I'll have to. Maybe I'll try to do this for my show tomorrow. Inside Sports. I'd, I'd have to check the record against the bottom 10 teams in the league 
Uh, like clearly they lost to Montreal. They've lost twice to Columbus. I mean, they beat Chicago three times. They beat San Jose. They're one and one against Anaheim. Um, I, I'd have to do the math to to know what it is. I, I think sometimes. No, you might be right. You might be right. But sometimes well, those losses sting a little bit more because fans think, "How the hell did we lose to Columbus?" Right. Well, there's there's <laughs> that, and maybe maybe we get lazy. I mean, you know, I'd rather lose three two to a Boston or a Vegas than six two to a Columbus. No, you know what I'm saying? Like true. that, like, and, and people, you know, and so it's the, the perception, at least amongst, you know, our, our little fan group here, me and my mom, is, <laughs> you know, that they get a little bit cocky, maybe a little lackadaisical. Maybe they're just like, hey, you know, this will be an easy win. I don't know if that's a mentality that they would, you know, that enters into it, but I find they rise up when they're playing teams like this. Like, this was a wicked game, you know, and. Um, Part of it is player, uh, the excitement level. There's an excitement about playing Boston. There's an excitement about playing Toronto. So there's easy to have energy in those games. The Ottawa Senators, who are trying to make a playoff push, just went in to a horrible Chicago team and lost 5 nothing to Chicago. And afterwards, uh, Kachuk, their captain, said, you know what, I don't, we weren't ready for them. We weren't prepared. And that's what happens is there's, there is a letdown. Players don't play. When, you're sitting in, when your kids are outside playing in the driveway, they aren't playing against the Arizona Coyotes in their make-believe no. <laughs> game. They're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Boston Bruins. So that's the players. The players that are playing in the National Hockey League—they're all kids. They're all kids at heart. So when they do play these games, they are naturally more up for those hockey games. And that's why you see the games like tonight, the intensity level, the desperation level is all higher than playing against the Arizona Coyotes on a Thursday night in front of 1,200 fans in Arizona. It's, it is different. It is difficult, and players should be at their best at all times. But human nature, they, they aren't always, and that's why sometimes you see the upsets. Well, and I get that too. And and my final point, and I'll let you guys get to the caller, is going into Toronto, I would be surprised if they didn't play Campbell against his own team. I'm just I, saying. Good, I mean, that's a good yeah, thought. I'm not sure. That I'm is a good sure. thought. Although, I the way Skinner's playing right now, I, here's here's a devil's advocate. What if Campbell's struggling right now and has been for a while? What if Campbell goes into Toronto, his old team, and has an absolutely tough, tough night? How is he for the rest of the year? How does that affect him? He talks about how uh, he takes things harder than he should. He's harder on himself than he certainly should be. Mm-hmm. What if he goes in and lets in five or six in Toronto? Do you lose him for the year? So to me, Stuart Skinner is your better goalie right now. You're playing a very good Toronto team. Your team's playing very, very good right now. It's the last of a long stretch that, as you said, uh, Reed could be five and two. I believe, and this is just my thought, I believe you put Stuart Skinner in because he deserves that game. Just like we all love Clem Costin. He didn't play tonight. They played Shore and Ryan because they deserve to be in the lineup. I think Skinner will start on Saturday. Yeah, we'll talk about that more. Marco and Sir Robert are up next on the Certainty Hotline. Oilers win 3-2 in Boston. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bounces into the Boston zone, left wing corner. McDavid's in on the four check. Oh, in behind the net. Good hit. Solid hit. Zaka got drilled in behind the goal. 
That was Evander Kane delivering the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting Kane back in the lineup. Plays 18 minutes, minus one. Three hits tonight as the Oilers win 3-2 in Boston. I just quickly, uh, Tammy was talking about how the Oilers play against the top 10 teams or, or like top teams and, and poor teams against the top 10 teams overall. Mm -hmm. The Oilers are 10-9-1. Pretty good. Against the bottom 10, they are 12-5-4. and four. But, I mean, 12-5, that's actually 12-9 and nine if you really take in the yeah. overtime losses. So Yeah, and the yeah. top 10 would be 10-10. Ten and 10. Yeah, so I, you would expect there to be a, a little bit higher winning percentage going against the bottom 10 because some of the bottom 10 are quite bad. But, again, there's good players on all teams in the National Hockey League, and at times the others were not good defensively. And sometimes they, and this, I think this might be maybe part of the reason why. I think sometimes against the lower play, the lower place teams in the league, the Oilers will try to outscore their mistakes. So they play looser mm -hmm. and they give up grade A scoring chances. So they don't force those lower place teams to have to earn their opportunities because they give up loose chances. I think when they play the best teams, they play a much more concerted effort defensively. And that's why you don't see the grade A scoring chances. They make those top teams have to earn it. And that's why they they have a, a you know a winning record against the best teams in the league. So I just think they play too loose because they don't take the worst teams or the lower placed teams as serious, and they think that they can just outscore them. And what we've seen in games that that's not always the case. And sometimes they allow those teams to hang around because they don't play a concerted defensive game. L.A. Kings chasing their fifth consecutive victory with 13 and a half minutes left. They lead the Avalanche 4-2 as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Seattle trailing Ottawa 3-1 start of the second period. In the third, Coyotes up 1-0 in Nashville. Finals from earlier, Vegas beating the Lightning 4-3 in overtime. Martinez got the winner, uh, Big fight at that one near the end of the game. Hurricanes knock off the Flyers 1-0. Devils beat the Caps 3-2 in a shootout. Rangers beat the Canadians 4-3 in a shootout. Islanders beat the Penguins 4-3 in overtime. And to make up for all those overtime games, Dallas said, <laughs> we won't have one. They beat Buffalo 10-4. And the Blues beat the Sharks 4-2 tonight. Edmonton wins 3-2 in Boston. 780-496-0063. We have Marco standing by. Hi, Marco. Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. A big, big win. So two things. First, uh, more of just an interesting thought piece for you guys. It seems like every power ranking that comes out, the, uh, the Oilers are always slighted. I think we came in at 13th this time. And considering we have either the highest or the second highest goal differential in the West and we're separated by, what, four points, do you really think the Oilers should be ranked at 13? And then secondly given the fact that we're talking about the top teams, who do you want to play in the first round? Seattle, L.A., Vegas, or Dallas? Because that seems to be the most realistic four options. Well, as far as ranking, I don't look at them at all. I honestly, I, I, like, I like to watch what happens on the ice. It doesn't really matter where teams are ranked or who's ranking them. Everyone has their own way of doing it. So I, I think the Oilers are a very good hockey club. I really do. Uh, they are capable of going on a run in the playoffs. But there are other teams that are pretty good as well. As for who the Oilers play in the first round, to me, now again, all the, any team the Oilers play in the first round is capable of beating the Oilers. 
I also believe the Oilers are capable of beating anyone else. I think the team that lacks the uh, playoff experience would be the Seattle Kraken. So I think, to me, it, it would surprise me if Seattle wins their first round. Simply, uh, they haven't been there before. I think the toughest first-round matchup would be the L.A. Kings. I think the L.A. Kings can score. They're big, they're physical, and then they went out and picked up a good goalie in Corpusalo. So to me, that would be the toughest first-round opponent. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. When it is activated, you can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Sir Robert is on the line as well. Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. Good. Uh, I'll, uh, I guess I'll be quick because I'm about to... Uh, I'm about to get on the ice myself here, so uh, uh, anyway, I thought uh, I thought tonight when, you know, uh, uh, I guess the one thing I would say that I noticed that was different from past teams, you know, the Oilers, when they would fall behind 2 nothing to a good team, they wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't quit, but but, but I guess I'd say the will slash uh, resiliency uh, wasn't, I guess, at the level that I saw it at tonight where they just kept grinding and grinding and eventually found a way to tie it and then and then eventually you know you just uh, you see nurse there from the point just float one in and it goes in so obviously it's uh, nice to see that These, uh, uh, this win today was uh, probably the most impressive win on the road aside from the one in Tampa in my opinion and as far as the game goes in Toronto in my opinion Skinner plays that game. Skinner's the hot goalie right now. You, you stick with the hot hand, especially with uh, 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 16 games to go. So uh, see where it goes. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, and I, you know, I think if if Campbell had played better in his last few starts, because he mm-hmm. didn't get to play the Leafs last week, yep. then then I think maybe. I, I and I know they always say it's game to game with the goaltenders, which it is, yep. but I do think they sort of plot out a bit of a plan that then can easily go out the window but i mean i they i mean they honestly as you say that they have a bit of a plan their plan could have been Campbell yeah. playing if in they, Toronto. if they would have said okay three weeks ago what are your ideal starts for the next 11 yeah. games oh, yeah and but campbell has struggled and again uh it's not just a little struggle this was it last five six games they've given up five or six a night uh it's, it's an important game for the team just uh, to look, to hang that on your mantle. Look what we did during our toughest stretch of the year. We can go five and two. Campbell is the better of the two goalies right now. Excuse me, Skinner is the better of the two goalies right now. Uh, and there's just the fear that you do not want Campbell to go into Toronto right now and lay an egg. I mean, he's a guy. We talked about the mental toughness of Stuart Skinner. And mo- almost all players that are at this level have a mental toughness. You don't get to the NHL without it. But he talked in the game that he gave up the bad goal and he's got a way to get through these things and it doesn't bother him anymore. Campbell has come out a couple times this year and had honest assessments afterwards and talked about the fact that he's hard on himself. And sometimes it's hard to get over a bad goal. I don't know what it would do if to him if he goes in Toronto and has a bad game. Now, again, maybe he goes and has a great game. That would be awesome. I just don't... I think there's so many things that are lined up right now for Stuart Skinner to get that start. The way he's playing, the way Campbell's playing, and you just don't want Campbell to go in there. And Because at some point in this season, in this playoff run, you may need 
Jack Campbell. Mm -hmm. If Stuart Skinner gets hurt or, or has a, a rough stretch, you may need Jack Campbell. So I want to make sure you have him at his best. Right now, Jack Campbell's not at his best. Okay, Oilers win 3-2 in Boston. Darnell Nurse scored the game winner tonight. You're going to hear from him when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chance. Wayman to the corner, but there is dry saddle for the Oilers. Back to the blue line. CC across the nurse. He'll shoot. Scores! Nurse let it go. It looked like it was redirected. Well, that went straight through, floating past Jeremy Swayman. Nurse gets his seventh from CeCe and Dreisaitl with 4.49 left in the third period. It is the game winner tonight as the Oilers win 3-2 in Boston. Here's Nurse. Darnell, uh, just define how big a win that is, where you won the game and how you won the game. Yeah, I think obviously um, we got confidence in our group. I think I was saying this morning that we could play with anyone in this league. Um, I mean, it's one thing to, to say it. It's another thing to go out there and do it, and we did tonight. Um, and I think uh, obviously we had some, some huge saves, some big commitments to defense, uh, only giving up two, and uh, capitalizing on our, our opportunities. This is that when you're down 2 nothing against this team, though, it must be a tougher mountain to climb. What, how did you guys feel like you were able to overcome that deficit? I mean, we just kept playing. Um, put emphasis on finding the next one but not giving uh giving up anymore so uh you know we were we were focused tonight everyone was out there just doing you know everyone's job and it was uh it was great to see is the change in this team that you can come back from down to nothing without totally opening up that used to be a bit of a thing here, right? When you needed goals, you were giving up chances. That didn't happen tonight. 100%. I think um, we've come to the realization you get more chances when you check for them. <laughs> you check for them. Uh, get to the front of the net next time. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we check for our chances. And like I said, we capitalized on the opportunities that we did get. Um, so it was, a, it, it was a good win for us. Now, what was the messaging in that first intermission after you guys gave up that late goal? Yeah. I think just to stick to our game. Uh, um, you know, we had a, we had a good period. There was a couple of uh, you know breakdowns and uh, that happened over the course of a game, and uh, you know just to continue to build off the the good period that we played. This, is, this wasn't a team that is going to miss the playoffs. This is the best team in the league that you guys beat in this fashion. What do you think that does for for your group? I mean, I, I you know we're, we're like we're a confident group. I think we you know, we come in here every day and we you know believe in this group. We play for each other, um, and obviously it it builds uh, it builds on that confidence. But uh, with that said, I mean we're we're a group that uh, is out here just just you know fighting for each other. So okay, Darnell Nurse, his goal providing a hundred dollars to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous courtesy James H. Brown injury lawyers when accidents happen go to jameshbrown.com they give a hundred bucks every time the Oilers score 3-2 win over the Boston Bruins tonight Rob I want to give a shout out to the uh, U of A Pandas basketball team mm -hmm. uh, coached by Scott Edwards who was on, on my show last night they uh, won Canada West for the first time in history and now they're at Nationals in Cape Breton. So they had the quarterfinal today, a number two seed taking on Acadia, the number seven seed. The Pandas trailed by 13 points with seven minutes left in the game. They did not allow a point the rest of the game. They finished the game on a 17-0 run to win 61-57. So they will play Queens in the semifinal on Saturday. Well, I just wanted to give them a little bit of love. Oh, absolutely. Good to luck. Good luck to them. That's my wife's alma mater, Queens. 
But oh, really? Yeah. But my wife now works at U of A. She must be torn on this one. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna cheer for the U of A. Go yeah, well, U of a. I definitely will. Be. I mean, that's pretty cool. Good for them. Yeah, it's an exciting game. It is. I, I, I love when you the, the best at any sport go at it, and uh, you hope that uh, they they bring their best that day, and they're rewarded with uh, the hard work that they put in all year long. So Spe good for them. Speaking of uh, of hard work, Jeremy Kupel, the Oilers' video coach, yeah. caught the offside. Uh, we should talk about that. Boston could have been up 2 nothing far sooner, much sooner in the game than they were by about 6 minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, Krejci, big one-timer on the power play, and the Oilers challenge for offside. And this is one of the, I know sometimes we get into debates with fans about this. You know, should there be a time limit on mm -hmm. the zone entry? But the rule is until the puck is cleared, the offside challenge is valid. It wound it back 34 seconds, but it, it was an offside. Yep. And again, I, I used to rant about the offsides a little more. I, I, I don't anymore. The rule is the rule. I, you know, the, I get why it's in there. It's black and white. It either, it's either offside or it's, it, it isn't. But again, that's one to me that proves how good the linesmen are because yeah. they're the puck. It was a weird play because the puck slowed down. It tipped something and slowed down as it was crossing the line. And was it Bertuzzi that was offside? No, Bertuzzi got the he puck. He was the other one. Yeah. I can't remember who the offside player was, but he and Yamamoto, like from that one shot, you almost couldn't tell whose foot was who. So of course at, at full speed, Yes. Like, like no linesman's going to catch that. But when you looked at it, it was well, offside. And, and uh, people will argue against it, but to me, is if it's really close, always err on it's not offside. Right. Because if it's if you say or not it's it's close, I can't tell. I'm gonna go not offside. Now you can review it afterwards and you can call it back if it was offside. But if you were to say it's really close, I'm gonna call it offside. Well, if it wasn't, that player doesn't get a chance to score. You may have ended stopped a scoring chance from happening. So to me, the, the linesmen are the best in the world. There's not even close. I've it, my son played hockey. He's older now, and I've gone and refed a couple games when refs haven't showed up after him. And I'm refing, I was refing like Bantam Tier 3 or Bantam AA. And it is a little slower. I don't know if you know it, Reed, but it's a little slower than the National Hockey League game. But I'm out there and I'm like keeping track of everything. Okay, I might have missed six or seven things that shift. <laughs> so these guys, it's the, the fastest players in the world and, and having to get out of their way and all this, it is absolutely incredible. The only times that they're wrong it's they're wrong by a half an inch yeah. where they were actually obscured from being able to see that guy's foot that he lifted at the last minute. So the linesmen usually are dead, dead rights most of the time. But I do think that if you're going to err, err on the side of allowing it to play out and then if I'm wrong, well, then we'll overturn it. Just like the other day where the referee made the call on the... Uh, it was cost well, the major penalty, on the major yeah. penalty. We're going to give them a major. That way, we can go look at it. And if we can find out if we're right or wrong, they were wrong, and the major was rescinded. The Oilers win 3-2 in Boston. Boston led 2-0 after the first period. They'd been 28-0-1 when leading after the first period. It was 2-1 Boston after two. The Bruins had been 35-0-2 when leading after the first. So the Oilers had them, their first regulation losses in uh, those two categories. Also, when scoring first, Boston had been 33-0-3. So first regulation loss for them when scoring first. Back for some final thoughts. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Off the glass. It hits Shore. He'll get it in the left wing corner. Out to McLeod. Scores! Ryan McLeod has tied this game at two. Yeah, that was McLeod getting his 11th from Devin Shore with 13.52 left. And then, as we were telling you, Darnell Nurse gets the winner. Evan Bouchard also scored for the Oilers tonight, his fourth of the season. First one since November 28th. Hadn't scored in 43 games. Got a big one tonight on a four-on-one after uh, Boston turned the puck over. A defenseman fell at the offensive blue line. Skinner, 26 saves, and the Oilers are 36-22-8 on the season. Our next game broadcast presents by Friesen Brothers. Saturday showdown with the Leafs. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Jet. The game will start at 5. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford. Overtime, open line. Oilers rally to win it 3-2 in Boston. Good night.